Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Max Sports. It's Friday. We're going to go through all of college football, but before that, I'm going to break down the Buccaneers-Bills Thursday night football matchup that we saw last night. Let's break that down. We had some craziness happen, some crazy plays, crazy interceptions. Josh Allen, he might be the craziest man in football, just how reckless he runs with the football, but yeah. Let's break down that game. After that, of course, it's our college football weekend breakdown. I got some picks for you. Let's just talk about the topics happening around uh, the country. Let's go. All right. So what happened last night between the Buccaneers and the Bills? Well, thankfully, my prediction was good. The Bills won. I thought these were two teams that were desperate for a win. They desperately needed one. And the Bills got one when they needed it. They win at home 24-18 to over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Some of my biggest takeaways from this game. Let's get it started on the Buffalo side. Josh Allen had another great performance. Two touchdowns through the air, one with his legs. He made some good runs when he needed to. He threw the ball great when he needed to. The interesting thing about this Bills team is with how high scoring they had been at times this year, dropping 48 points against the Finns, 38 against the Raiders, 37 against the Commanders, sometimes they are known to get off to some really slow starts. Uh, that's one that actually really, really surprised me at times. They do not score fast at times. Uh, and this was another case. They kind of start slow against the Buccaneers, really only putting up three points in the first quarter. You wonder if it's going to be kind of another slow, ugly, close game like the Giant game that they had or maybe the Patriot game. But after a while, the defense four stops which is something that you want to see, knowing how many injuries this Buffalo team's faced, losing Matt Milano and Tredavious White. To, you could say arguably they're two most important defensive players on the on that side of the ball. Um, they lost a lot there, and so the fact that they are able to still get stops when they needed to is really important. I think that Josh Allen, he limited the turnovers. Yes, he had an interception. It was a crazy, weird one where like he was trying to ground the ball or throw it down to – prevent um, a turnover or a sack and it hits a defender flies like a mile into the air and gets picked off by the Buccaneers. It was a crazy pick. It wasn't a bad decision by Josh Allen. It was more of like a crazy fluke play, but again, it will count on his uh, stat sheet, but you know what? He had a good performance, only nine incompletions and he threw for over 320 yards. So yeah, I'm going to give a round of applause. He gets a little golf clap here. What went wrong on the Buccaneers side? Well, I told you, this has been a problem for this team a while now, and it is the inconsistent run game. Rashad White, only nine carries for 40 yards. He was the leading rusher for this team. He was also the leading receiver, seven receptions for 70 yards. So he didn't have a bad game by any means, but overall, the run game sucked. The the Buccaneers have not had a great offense at times this year. Usually it's been their defense that's been able to force turnovers, get stops to prevent this team from really getting blown out in games. They forced a ton of turnovers against the Vikings. The Bears, it was the only time they've gone over. Um, I mean, they, they scored 27 in that one. That's their highest scoring game this year. The Saints they scored 26. Since that Saints game, they haven't been able to get over 20 points. The offense is really starting to struggle, and the defense is doing great, but 
they can't get enough going on this offensive end. I don't want to necessarily just blame Baker Mayfield. He played a pretty clean game. 25 completions, uh, 237 yards, and two touchdowns. Not bad, but the problem is they just couldn't get enough going. They don't have a run game that can really open up a big explosive play. So it's just kind of these mediocre dink and dunks that kind of just don't go for much. Overall, this game was not as close as the score looks. Uh, yes, they scored to make it 18 to four or to 24 in the fourth quarter, but at no point in time in the second half did I really think Buffalo had any concern for this game. They got a much needed win. They're back in in the playoff talk. They're back in the division talk as well. They needed this one to kind of survive and advance. As for Tampa Bay, uh oh, this is time to panic. Um, I'm going to be making an episode, most likely Monday, I'm thinking, because this will be the last episode of this week. But I want to make an episode, um, maybe Halloween-themed a little bit, and talk about what teams are kind of spooky right now, what kind of teams are scaring me, and what teams are exciting me. So this is a team that's scaring me a lot right now, and it's not just because their logo has a skull on it. No, it's because they have dropped three straight games now, a team that looks like they were in pretty decent control of the of the division has now dropped three straight games to fall to second place now thankfully they still have the tiebreaker over the new orleans saints right now but the, these two teams tampa bay and new orleans look very similar not great offenses and they need to rely on turnovers if they're going to be able to win they're both low scoring offenses that have struggled at times this year but they have okay defenses and enough veteran pieces to compete with anybody. I still think that Tampa is going to be ahead of Carolina. No doubts about that. But the thought of them being the favorite to win this division, yikes. I still think it is going to be a crazy weird mix between Atlanta, Tampa, and New Orleans for who wins this division. And I really can't tell you who I think is going to as of right now. Yes, Tampa has two division wins, so I'll give them credit for that. But... Atlanta has a game ahead of them now, and so unless Atlanta loses to um, the Titans, I don't really know. It's going to be tough. This division, the NFC South, is just a giant mess. I wouldn't be surprised if the winner of this division maybe only goes nine wins, eight losses. I think it's just going to be a giant gladiatorial disaster and and every team is going to get beat up over each other so no team is really sticking out to me but at the end of the day the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will have more opportunities um yeah that's where we're going to end it with the recap of this game obviously I thought that the the Bills were going to win this one let's move into college football that's what I really want to talk about here so we're going to move to college football now that we've recapped this Thursday night game. Talk about the big games coming up this week. I'll give you my picks, and this will be a live pick because I actually have not done these before this episode starts. So I will do the college pick with you guys in segment two. Let's head over to that. All right, it's time to give you my college picks for this weekend. Now, this is the list I have been given by ESPN. I play on their college pick em sheet. They give me 10 games every week to pick. So, to start things off, uh, we got Louisville. The Louisville Cardinals hosting the Duke Blue Devils. This is going to be an ACC matchup. This is actually a ranked matchup, number 18 versus number 20. I will also say... I think that this is an elimination game for the ACC championship appearance. 
Both of these teams have one loss on the year, so obviously they can't get one more. Both of them have a conference loss as well. Louisville, their loss was to Pitt last week. That absolutely had to crush their hopes after how good they looked against Notre Dame. It was kind of a fall back down to earth. As for Duke, they lost to Florida State. Now, both of these teams still have a chance to run the table. Why is that the case? Well, they both play each other, so whoever wins this one is knocking the other one out of the ACC kind of chances or standings. And, perfect example with Duke here, they still play North Carolina, the real big threat in their way right now. So if Duke can beat Louisville, knock them out of contention, they can also still play North Carolina, which I think is a very winnable game with how good their defense has been. And uh, yeah, they have a good chance of really running the table and winning out if they can get past this Louisville game. The only big threat in their way is probably a big game against uh, North Carolina. So who is the favorite to win this one? Who am I going to pick? I am most likely going to pick Duke. Despite it being a road game, Duke has shown that they can beat big opponents or at least play well against big opponents. They played very good against Florida State. That was until Riley Leonard got hurt against them. They looked pretty solid against Florida State and were testing them well throughout that game. Now, they ended up losing by double digits and kind of falling apart, but they were leading this game at halftime, and they were leading going into the fourth quarter as well. So don't act like this is a bad Duke team by any means. Louisville's got a big win over Notre Dame, which is something that Duke doesn't have. But overall, they have been playing very good. I like what they've been playing. They played big opponents. They've beaten Clemson. They've played Notre Dame tough. They've played Florida State tough. I think they go on the road and beat Louisville. Moving on to the next game, we got the Baylor Bears and the Iowa State Cyclones. All right, so going into this one, these are two teams that looked very promising probably just two, three years ago. Um, definitely looking at Matt Campbell at... Uh, Iowa State, they looked really good. The Baylor Bears were in the uh, Big 12 championship game just, what, three years ago, back in the COVID year. So both of these teams have had a kind of fall from grace here. One of them, Iowa State, is in the, now here at 4-3. and three. Baylor comes in at 3-4. and four. So both of these teams are just kind of mid-level, fighting for a bowl game kind of team. I am going to take Iowa State here because I think they have played a lot better on this season than Baylor. While they don't look like what they used to um, back in the COVID years by any means, I still think that the Cyclones team is going to beat Baylor on the road. Up next, we have Miami of Ohio playing Ohio, the Ohio Bobcats. Both of these teams are MAC opponents. Both of them come into this game at 6-2. and two. Now, if you're going to ask me if I've watched a lot of Mac football, I've gone to one Western Michigan football game this year because I'm local, uh, I, uh, they're local. I go and see them. They were cheap tickets and I wanted to go watch a football game. So I haven't seen a lot of Mac football, but the one game I did get to see was the Miami of Ohio Red Hawks. Now they did beat the pants off of the Broncos in a pretty one-sided fashion, but However, on the road against Ohio, I don't think that's going to be the case. Give me the, the Bobcats to beat the Red Hawks. Moving on to another one. We got a Big Ten showdown. Or should I say it in my Big Ten voice? We got a Big Ten showdown. 
between the Nebraska Cornhuskers and the Purdue Boilermakers. Now, Purdue has not looked good a lot of the season so far, like most of the season, if we're being honest here. Uh, but neither has Nebraska. Nebraska is 4-3, and three and Purdue is 2-5. and five. If they lose one more game, they pretty much have to win out in order to make a bowl game. It has not looked good under the first-year head coach in Purdue. Obviously, you have um, – oh, I'm blanking on his name now – Matt Rule in, uh, in Nebraska – I think that this team is going to be much better maybe next season. But again, at four and three, they are hosting Purdue, and they're one of the worst Big Ten teams this season. I'm going to th- say it's a pretty safe pick to pick Nebraska in this one to get to five and three. Moving on to my game of the week Oregon versus Utah. This is an elimination game, everybody. This one of these teams ain't out of the Pac 12 championship talk, out of the college football playoff talk. Utah just eliminated USC last week in a very in on honestly a very impressive win on the road against USC. I called it. I said the Utah defense is legit. How will Road Bo Nix do? This is a real thing. Road Bo Nix is a real thing. Look at what happened against Washington. Yeah, he had a good game, but sometimes big moments on the road, Bo Nix doesn't show up. Call me crazy. I'm picking the Utah Utes to win this game and upset the Duckies this week. On to the next one. We got Boise State hosting the Wyoming Cowboys. I've always liked Boise State due to the blue field that they have. I always thought that was sick, and I think it caused a lot of people to be like Boise State bandwagons, especially when they were like really good in like the mid-2000s. But they come in now at 3-4 and on the season. Not a great start, and I've picked Boise a couple times, and they have burned me. I'm going to do it again against Wyoming. Give me Boise State. It's something about the blue turf. It's, I don't know why. I love the blue turf. I'm not going to BS you. I have not watched a single Wyoming Cowboy game. I've watched one Boise State game, and that was them against Washington. I'm not going to BS you and tell you like I know every player on these teams. I'm taking the blue turf, and that is it. That's it. I'll be honest with you, and I'll be up front. Up next, we got the Tennessee Volunteers going on the road to play the Kentucky Wildcats at night i'm gonna take kentucky in this one it's a night game they're gonna be at home and they're gonna have the crowd on their side tennessee yes they pushed bama to a close one last week they came up short unfortunately but you know what i don't think tennessee has looked very good on the road at times this year and i think that they are going to struggle and i think they are going to fall to the kentucky wildcats this upcoming weekend moving on to the next one the Troy Trojans and the Texas State Bobcats. Now, man, this game is going to be on ESPN Plus, and I'll tell you right now, I'm not being sarcastic at all. If you aren't spending $8.99 a month to watch Texas State and Troy, I don't know what you're doing with your time uh, and your money. Uh, this is a primetime matchup. Either team, the winner of Texas State and Troy is probably going to be the front runner of the national championship, if we're being honest here. And, you know, this is one of those those rivalries. You know, Ohio State, Michigan, Auburn, Alabama, Texas State, and Troy. You know, this one, this one I think is going to determine the rivalry. I, th- I think this is going to be, this is going to be, you know, Muhammad Ali versus Mike Tyson. Like, who's the real GOAT? 
And I'm going to pick Texas State in this one. You know, they've just shown me all season long, every time I spend money on ESPN Plus to watch them, I, I truly think that they, they could beat Georgia. They could beat any team possible. Now, again, I, that bit went on way too long. I'm just taking the team that that is at home. I don't know either of these schools. I'm not paying for ESPN Plus to watch it. Unfortunately, there are better games that should be on this sheet that actually aren't. But again, ESPN likes promoting their own games over the best games of the week. That's why, unfortunately, I get to do Texas State and Troy over actual Big Ten games or Pac-12 games or ACC games. Up next, we do have a Pac-12 game, and it is on ESPN, the Oregon State Beavers going on the road against the Arizona Wildcats. Now, 93% of picks have been on the Oregon State Beavers, and I think that that is honestly a really good reason for it. They have been a very good team this year. Their only loss has come at the hands of Utah. Uh, I think that this has been a very solid uh, uh, Beaver team so far on the year, and I think that they have a good chance to still be in the hunt for a playoff spot at number 11 in the nation. Or sorry, they didn't lose to Utah. They lost to Washington State by a field goal. Not bad, though. It was a road game. So where is uh, Oregon State now? Well, they're 6-1. and one. They still have a chance to run the table and win the Pac-12. Keep an eye on them. They're going to be having a tough game against the Arizona Wildcats, though. And either this is going to be a bit of a trap game, or we will see some other signs of other teams. So I looked at Arizona a couple weeks ago when they played USC. I watched that whole game, and man, Arizona was electric on offense. Now, we know that USC doesn't have a good defense. We've talked about this on here. Oregon State doesn't have a great offense, but they have the best defense, in my opinion, in the Pac-12. They're a very balanced team. They're a run-first team. They will end this game quick. What they want to do is they want to get out to a sustainable lead. So let's say even if it's 10-0 or 13-3 or something like that, then they start doing those long drives that just eat up clock and they don't give the ball back to a high-powered offense like Arizona. I think that Oregon State wins this one, and I think it won't be close. Moving on to the next one, we got the UNLV Rebels versus the Fresno State Bulldogs. I have picked Fresno State other times throughout this season before. They are hosting UNLV. It's going to be a late game. It's going to be a home crowd for Fresno State. Give me the Bulldogs to beat UNLV. And then for the total points scored in the Oregon versus Utah game, let's take a look at the spread. What I like to do is I look at the spread of what they think it's going to be and then kind of pick a score near that. So let's see what the spread is for the Ducks and the Utes. Am I seeing a spread? Can I find a spread? Over under 47. So you know what? I think it's going to be 43. We'll do that. So, those are our picks. Let's see what's happening around the country in college football in our next segment. All right, it's time to get you ready for your final segment of the day. I want to highlight some games that didn't get talked about in the pick'em sheet that I, I still think deserve a lot of talk. To start things off, Ohio State versus Wisconsin. This may end up becoming the Big Ten Championship rematch game. Why? Well, I think it's because, well, Wisconsin's in a very weak division, and I think they're probably the best team in the Big Ten West. Yeah, they're probably going to lose this game to Ohio State. Yes, Wisconsin has not been as good as they have in probably the last 
four years or so. They had a much better run in the late 2010s than they have since 2020 has struck. But you know what? This team, give them a lot of credit. They have been a solid unit in for, for the first-year head coach, Luke Fickle, in his time at Wisconsin. Remember, he was the former Cincinnati head coach that took Cincinnati all the way to the college football playoff. Yep, he's now here at Wisconsin. Now, I think that this team could keep it closer than some people might expect. As of right now, Ohio State is a 14.5-point favorite. I think Wisconsin could keep that closer. I think that could be a much closer game than you might expect. Why? Well, it's in Madison. It's a night game. That's tough. Uh, it's, it's at Camp Randall. You know that stadium's going to be loud and crazy. It's a road test for Ohio State, and they haven't scored the ball as well when they go on the road. What do I mean by that? Well, let's talk about the Notre Dame game on the road. They only put up 17 points. How about the Indiana game, they only put up 23 points. Now, the Purdue game, they blew them out, obviously. So that is an outlier in my argument. But their offense has been very inconsistent at times, and I think that maybe this could be a trap game a bit for Ohio State. Don't be surprised if you see Wisconsin maybe down by three. Maybe it's 13-10 at halftime or something like that. And then if Ohio State gets their ish together, they can turn around, win the game, maybe – 24 to 16, something like that. Um, usually you can tell if Ohio State is in trouble, though, based on how the other team plays them. Let's say it is a close game. If Wisconsin starts settling for field goals, though, it's over because Ohio State will have the top-end talent to win this game outright. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. alone is the difference in this game. He is going to be a receiver that nobody on Wisconsin has had yet to face with that talent level. And usually that is the difference in the game. So if Wisconsin cannot score touchdowns to compete with Ohio State, even if they're staying close, don't be worried if you're a Buckeyes fan. I think this one's going to be a wrap it, it, You know, if they cannot keep up and put points in the end zone. Another game I really wanted to talk about Definitely have to talk about Wake Forest hosting Florida State. Now, this isn't a great game by any means, but I want to highlight teams that I think have playoff potential, and that definitely has to be Florida State. Week zero, I think it was week zero or week one. It was the first game for both of these teams, but LSU and Florida State. They played each other two years ago. It was one of the best games of the season. They play each other in a rematch again this year. It's a close battle, looks just like an amazing rematch, except in the second half, Florida State goes nuts. And I told you the winner of that game is going to have a lot uh, of praise the rest of the season for that big win at the beginning of the year, and Florida State has. Keon Coleman has been one of the best receivers in all of football so far this season with seven touchdowns. It, it's amazing. He's had almost half of Jordan Travis's passing touchdowns. He has been an absolute dog. I loved him at Michigan State. I wish he was still here because our team is is poverty right now. But I, I, he is doing amazing things for Florida State, and I think he will definitely be hearing his name called in the NFL draft this next season because of how good he's playing. Keep an eye on this game because it's a road match. Sometimes Florida State hangs around a little early against their road opponents. You saw that against Clemson. You saw that against Duke. Or, well, they were home for that one. 
but sometimes they hang around. That's that's the the thing I'm trying to say. First half, they play games, teams a little close, they pull away in the second half. The Boston College road game, that's what I was thinking of. And the Clemson game, those were both road battles that were a little close. So keep an eye on them. This is a road match. Will they be able to you know get another safe, comfortable win, or will this one be a tough one for them? I think Florida State has one of the safest paths to a college football playoff berth. They can't get in their own way, though. Another game I wanted to talk about, and I'd say put them on upset alert, it's Oklahoma going into Kansas. Oklahoma looked really shaky last week. They did not look great um, in their game against UCF. I think Kansas is a much better team than UCF is, and I think Oklahoma should be careful. It's a road game. Oklahoma hasn't looked great at times this season. Yes, they have the big win over Texas. I'm not taking that away from them. But I'm also going to say there's times where when this offense doesn't work, Kansas, that's a team that could could be dangerous for a team like Oklahoma. They have a good run game. I, I have really liked what this Kansas team has been able to do over the last couple seasons. They've had a couple tough losses. Obviously, the Texas, that wasn't, wasn't a fun one. And then they lost to Oklahoma State. I kind of saw that one coming. It was on the road. They're coming back home, hosting a big-name team, and they're going to be pissed that they've lost two of their last three. They went out and flatlined UCF, though. And meanwhile, Oklahoma struggled and hung around way too long against them. Put Oklahoma on upset alert. Maybe I'm crazy. Tell me what you guys think. We have a big game here, the SEC Georgia facing Florida on the road. A lot of people have said that Georgia hasn't faced enough competition this year. They haven't really faced a big-name opponent. Well, this might be the best chance you would get. Florida in the swamp in the afternoon. That could be a game that goes maybe a little weirder than some people might expect. Carson Beck has played decent at times this season, but there are also times where Georgia doesn't really look like themselves. They didn't look very convincing against a Vanderbilt team last week on the road. Yeah, they won by 17, but you'd think against Vanderbilt they'd be doing a little bit better. They had a close call against South Carolina early in the year. We don't really know how this Georgia team is going to do. They're facing a Florida team, though, that I think that they should be able to potentially beat. You don't really know, though, at times. Uh, I mean, I think Florida could give them a really good test. Maybe I'm just the crazy one in this one, but I think that this could be a pretty good one. Um, Also, need to apologize for it. Um, It says on here, I can't tell if this is going to be a Georgia. It says that, huh. Okay, it's weird. On the schedule, it says that it's at Everbank Stadium in Florida. So this is a neutral game? It's not at the Swamp? Huh. Anyway, let's get back on track here. So Florida, Georgia, this is going to be a big matchup. I think that this could be a test, maybe the biggest test left on Georgia's schedule to remain the season. So keep an eye on them in this one. Definitely a game I'd want to talk about. Another one I really want to highlight, BYU and Texas. Why is that? Well, Quinn Ewers is going to be out for this game. Remember, he got injured, so it's up to Malik Murphy now, a freshman quarterback. He'll be starting for BYU after uh, Quinn Ewers suffered a shoulder injury. This will be his first start. Let's see how this Texas Longhorns team looks without their starting quarterback against a solid Big 12 opponent in BYU. I'm going to wrap it up here because those were the games I really wanted to highlight. 
thank you everybody for taking your time out of your day to listen to something I got for you. It's been awesome making these episodes. It's been awesome to see where this podcast has gone. And I thank every fan and listener that has taken time out to support something that I'm working on. Everybody, have a great day. Have a great weekend. Enjoy some football. Hopefully, I pointed you in the right path on how I'm seeing some of these games playing out this year. And, uh, yeah, just enjoy a great weekend of football. I know I got my Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football, so I'm going to be highlighting that game in our Sunday recap. Other than that, peace, everybody.